Hey, Elena, how's it going? Hey, Jackie, it's good. I'm so happy that you're here. It's your first time on the show. It's only been four seasons and I finally got you on. Finally invited me. I'm so excited. We're celebrating Tom Hanks. And one of the final films this season that I need to tackle in the Tom Hanks season is Castaway. It still blows my mind that you haven't seen this movie. (laughs) I know that you've been angry at me in the past, which is why I'm very happy that you're here to talk about this film with me. It's a cinematic classic, and you can't even argue that it was too early and you were too young because I saw this when the movie came out. I know. I don't know why I missed this at all. And I was I, I know it's like Tom Hanks on an island and I know that there's a volleyball named Wilson because I think everybody when I was in college dressed up as Tom Hanks as Wilson or as a guy on island with Wilson. But otherwise, I mean, I was really into the TV show Survivor. I still am. So maybe this will be up my alley. I mean, that's helpful. It came out like six months before Survivor, so. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I think then I'll I'll feel pretty good. I, I will admit, I told some folks I was going to watch this film. I thought this was going to be a bit of a comedy, but I have been told and spoiled that it is absolutely not a comedy. <laughs> I mean, that's not the worst spoiler to go into as you kind of want to be prepared for it to not be a comedy. I really just thought like guy makes friends with volleyball and then screams Wilson in the ocean. Like I really thought this was going to be funny, but I guess I have to go be emotionally raw again. Thanks, Tom Hanks. No, just go enjoy a two hour uh, master acting class with Tom Hanks. That's what you're going to enjoy now. I mean, when is he not a master actor? Okay, I'm excited to go be lost on a deserted island with Tom Hanks. See you soon. Welcome to Jackie Watches Stuff. This is a podcast chronicling my cinematic quest to finally watch the movies I probably should have already seen. And I'm bringing my friends along with me. Well, this certainly was not a comedy. This absolutely, yep, not a comedy. Not even a little funny. Not even a little funny. It wasn't even funny when he lost Wilson. I thought that might be funny. Nope. Oh, no. It was emotional. It was emotional as all hell. Wow. I just saw some things. Yep. I mean, I definitely learned that I can't survive on a deserted island. Survivor also taught me that, but I, I, this, you know, really sealed it for me. No, I don't think anyone can beat uh, the Chuck character in what he did on that island. Oh, my gosh. Well, I have to summarize this film in 30 seconds. I'm feeling kind of confident. I shouldn't say that because every time I say I'm feeling confident, I royally screw it up. But I'm, I'm feeling okay about this. <laughs> if you would be so kind as to time me. I'm happy to. I'll give you a countdown. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Okay, so there's this guy named Chuck. He works for FedEx, and he's super dedicated to his job, and he ends up getting stranded on this island because he was on a plane for FedEx, and it crashed, and four whole years go by, and he somehow survives and ends up making his way out into the ocean thanks to, like, a porta potty and some sticks, and he also makes friends with the volleyball, as we already talked about, and then he was found on the ocean, which is crazy, and gets brought back to the state, and his old girlfriend is, like, super, super married, and the end is, like, sort of happy, but also not? 28 seconds. There's, I don't want to say there's not a lot in this film because it's like a two and a half hour movie, but it's a lot of, and he's on the island. I mean, I could go into like, and he loses a ton of weight and spears a fish and like makes fire. I should have talked about fire. He made fire, yeah. guys. I mean, not to spoil one of my fast facts, but there are only 706 words of dialogue in the entire film. I don't know what an average film is, but that feels very small. So I looked that up because I was like, this is a cool number, but I have no (laughs) reference for that. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that rabbit hole dive, (laughs) deep dive. I love it. So a normal film is anywhere between 7,500 and 20,000. Oh, wow. So this is like, wow. Okay. So that, that doesn't surprise me because he barely talks on the island And when he does, it's either a couple murmury sentences to Wilson or to himself. And that's like three quarters of this movie, five eighths of this movie, six eighths, math. Yeah. 
yeah, it's a good, it's a, at least an hour of it. Oh my gosh. Which is still bonkers to me that I watched that much of just shirtless Tom Hanks running around yeah. the island getting super thin. But I also just want to call bullshit on that as we've been in pandemic quarantine for a year. I talked to myself so much more than he did on that <laughs> island. That is a really good point. I mean, granted, I am in a ho- I like in a house. I've also got a cat. I know you have cats to talk to, but he does find Wilson. So that is a good point. Maybe he's just not as like a little crazy as us. I don't know. I mean, that's possible. But like Wilson and I would have had like full on philosophical dialogues going back and forth. I mean, he had he does have a fight with him, which did kind of made me giggle like a little bit. <laughs> Where he was like, okay, I see your point. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry. But yeah, that's a really good point. We're like the the super bougie version of Castaway right now. Exactly. Gosh, Actually, I'm not going to say that because that makes, that makes quarantine more sad. That's true. It is rough. Never mind. Scratch that. Moving <laughs> forward. I think I want to start with the uh, plane crash scene because I was absolutely not ready for this. It just happened. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Like I looked down because I was taking a note and then I looked up and all of a sudden it's like I'm in a tornado. Like what is happening? Yeah, it's a really intense scene. And it was interesting coming back for this is actually only my second watch of this movie. Okay. Um, And knowing what was going to happen, I picked up on so much more of like small little like acting notes and dialogue between the pilot crew and Chuck. Oh, tell me. Yeah. So like there was a lot more anxiety building up that like I could notice in the music and just in how they played off of each other. Like you, I could feel something was coming and I was like, okay, this is the crash scene. It's going to come in, a, in yeah. just a second. And he goes into the bathroom and I was like, Oh, I forgot that that's how this starts. <laughs> that's the thing is I I didn't know. It's crazy because I knew this was Tom Hanks on Deserted Island. So I should have assumed that plane equals crash equals Tom Hanks on Deserted Island. But I wasn't even thinking anything crazy bad was going to happen. It almost felt like I accidentally fast forward 15 seconds. Like, wait, 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 wait. How do we get into a crash? What's going on? It was so fast. <laughs> it was so fast. And it was like the director was like, oh, you thought this was a Tom Hanks film? You're going to cry. Just be ready. (laughs) Well, what I've learned this entire Jackie Watches Stuff, Tom Hanks tribute season is I really thought I was in for some good laughs with Tom Hanks. And I I got it. I I got some good like shows with him being a goofball, but I got a lot more of him taking on these very emotional and serious roles. So I'm shaking my fist at Tom Hanks. You're a great actor, but I need more laughs. Yeah, I find it kind of funny that I feel like most people identify Tom Hanks in like the comedy genre. Like we all know he can serious act and he's good at it. But like, we're like, yeah, but he's a comedian. When you look at his repertoire, you're like, no, not really. Yeah, he's like a dr- a drama guy. And yeah. I think of him as like America's dad and but also America's dad that almost died on a island or had AIDS and almost died. Like he almost dies a lot and it's very emotional and he has to get very thin all the time. It's just, it's just a yeah. lot happening with Tom Hanks. There but yeah, that plane crash scene threw me for a loop when they throw him in the ocean and everything is so pitch dark. I couldn't see what was happening. And I don't know if that was a choice to say, Oh, he's disoriented. You're disoriented. But there were times when the screen was pitch black because of just how dark it was. And that was, I guess, a choice. We don't really get, like, night vision. Yeah, I definitely feel like that was a choice from the director to be like, do you still not know what's going on? Cool. We're, we're going to keep you there. Yeah, sucks for you. Like, thanks. Thanks, guys. So that whole intro, whew, that was that was rough. Yeah, it's like a gut punch into what's about to happen. Yeah, and then it somehow gets, like, worse. (laughs) Thanks a lot, guys. (laughs) So one of the things that I really enjoyed re-watching it is my 
reaction to the Wilson character compared to when I watched it to now. So (laughs) I watched it, um, I did not watch it in the theaters, but I watched it when it first came out on DVD. So that's like 2000, 2001. I'm like nine, 10 years old. Mm -hmm. So I still had like the inanimate object friends. Like I still had a teddy bear that had its own identity. So like I very easily identified with Mm. the Chuck Wilson dynamic and like it made sense to me. It's like, yeah, you're by yourself. Like you're going to have a inanimate object friend. Yeah. Not understanding like that's not a normal thing for an adult. <laughs> I mean, back to our earlier conversation though about talking to our cats. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Like going through the pandemic, I would be like, nope, now I do get it. Like I, I think it would have been interesting to watch this like three, four years ago because I would have definitely gone more on the like Ooh, he's going real crazy. And now I'm like, nah, that makes sense. No, it totally You don't have tracks. a person for like a year. Yep. Volleyball is now your friend. Yeah. And that's what you're bouncing your ideas off of and stimulating your brain with. Because we're we are naturally social creatures. Even if you are introverted, like we are naturally social. We can't be alone and in isolation for that long. And I think this shows it in a movie, but like you said, we're all kind of living it right now. Exactly. I think the part that's so interesting, though, is Wilson actually has lines. We just don't know it. Um, But they wrote him lines and gave them to Tom (gasps) Hanks. So he's actually playing off of a script. So he's hearing something that Wilson is saying. Did they actually say the lines at him or did he just kind of know in the script? That's that's so smart. Right? Yeah, he just knew in the script, but in an interview with him, um, I actually remember watching this interview when I was a kid. He was he was like, I felt like I was going crazy sometimes because like we would just go. Like he goes, people didn't call scene or action or anything like that. They just filmed him on this island for a few days. Oh, and wow. he was like, Yeah, no, I felt like I was going crazy. He goes, At one point, I really did think I was hearing Wilson. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Poor Tom Hanks. But also, he got himself into this, so I don't feel that bad. And he made a lot of money, so I feel (laughs) less bad. But that's bonkers. I do like that attention to detail, though, with Wilson. I think there was a lot of, like, small detail and, like, meticulousness that was put into this film that I really appreciate. Yeah. And I kind of see why we needed Wilson. One, to recognize his mental state. But two... He had to talk at some point to help the audience understand what he was thinking, unless they decided to write him like you or I would be written, where we just talk (laughs) everything out loud. And it's like, here's all of my thoughts and what I'm thinking and what I'm going to do versus apparently a a, a man because men can't talk to themselves. I don't know. This is where Uh, I go off on men versus women in film. But uh, I think we needed – him to be able to talk to something or out loud so that the audience understood what was going to happen next, even though we didn't get a lot of dialogue, but I think it helps sometimes. Absolutely. But that dialogue was also just so poignant when it did happen, Mm -hmm. not only because it was just a break in the silence, but like he talked to Wilson about his suicide attempt and like mm. then dealing with the after effects of being like, I'm going to go catch this dead log that I pretended to be myself as I threw it over a cliff. Yeah. Well, he even says like, I know it's 30 extra feet of rope or something. And at first you don't understand what that means. And it's like, oh, wow. Like that was that was heavy. Yeah. And I, I don't think I would have caught necessarily that that was a noose if he didn't have that piece of dialogue. No, it it took me a bit to understand why that happened. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, he tested his own suicide, which is, wow. Like, yep. I mean, under understandable, but also, wow. I don't think if I were in that case, I would have, one, lasted half as long as he did. Two, said, okay, I'm just going to end my life now. Wait, let me test it first. I don't think that would have crossed my mind. So... <laughs> Well, and I love the dialogue that follows it of just him talking to Wilson and being like, well, I didn't want it to be painful. And 
I saw that the tree broke and like I would have just cut and he goes into like all of the bad things that would have mm-hmm. happened and I was like the you're you've been on an island for multiple years and you're mm-hmm. still thinking through all of that to that level of logic mm-hmm. like I don't have that level of logic anymore with a quarantine where I have full access to the internet <laughs> and other humans around you and right. yeah it's it's such an interesting character. I don't want to say a character flaw, but he's very methodical in everything he does. Like you see him sorting the packages on the beach when they first wash up and like he's very methodical. So the fact that he's still that methodical four years later is so, so curious to me as a character. Which speaking of those boxes, let me just segue. (laughs) Let me segue. Let's talk about these boxes, Elena. If you're stranded on an island and these boxes float up to you, would you A, open them immediately, or B, leave them there for a bit? I would open them immediately. What the hell, Tom? (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Like, if you are – all bets are off. Personal property is – no, like, open up these boxes – why wouldn't you do – and then also, Tom, why did you never open that box? Why did we decide to keep it shut? I know that it was like your will to live, but what if there was like a phone in there or like a a cheeseburger? I don't know. Like why? Why? It would just drive me nuts not knowing what's in there. So speaking of that final box. Oh, gosh. Because I know you're a football fan. I am. Do you remember the FedEx commercial from like, I think it was like 03 or 04? Okay. No, I did not ever see this, but I will admit that I watched it ahead of recording this with you tonight because (laughs) I saw that this was a thing. And listeners, if you haven't seen this this commercial, Google FedEx 2003 Super Bowl commercial and you will find it. It is chef kiss, chef kiss. Perfect, perfect, (laughs) perfect in every way. You are welcome to describe it. I won't take that fun from you. <laughs> so they get a kind of Tom Hanks lookalike. Like they were really pushing Barely. Because <laughs> um, I remember watching the commercial and I was like, I don't get this scene. Like, what is it? And my mother had to explain it to me. Yeah, it doesn't um, look like Tom Hanks at all. <laughs> also, like I was 12. So we're going to cut some fair. 12-year-old Elena some slack. That's fair. And... It's the the box with the wings on it, and he gives it to the woman who's supposed to be a lookalike of the other actress. Which she's also not, like, <laughs> at all. And he, they give him the opportunity now to ask, like, oh, what was in the package? And she was like, oh, just some silly stuff, like a satellite radio and, like, food it it was all the stuff that he would have needed yeah for the island and i was saying that the whole time watching this film like what if that's the box that has the secret in it or like the the thing that's going to get you off this island even if he decided like i have this box is giving me the will to live or whatever can't you just like peek like just peek in there and if it's like (laughs) If it's a pair of socks, well, I was going to say something useless like a pair of socks, but when you're on a deserted island, everything is useful. But if it was like a moldy cheeseburger, then like just throw – like, okay, fine. Now I know. But what if it was a honing device for ships or like a a (laughs) blow-up raft? I don't know. Anything. There were so many opportunities there. So many opportunities. But we didn't. We left it out as hope. Yeah. And it got him home. Along yeah. with a porta potty, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. That was just my rant. I mean, I could rant for a long time about these boxes, but I will not, for the sake of time. Yeah, I also feel like the boxes were a part of just like establishing his character of like the level of. I don't necessarily want to call it respect, but it almost seemed like respect of FedEx, because uh, I feel like they made a lot of inanimate characters like wilson was a character i feel like fedex itself was its own character like there was a very deep relation that chuck had to it and it almost Mm -hmm. felt like he was like i'm not going to do that because that's not part of the job yeah and it took him to be like no dumbass you're on an island 
you're stuck here. No one's coming for you. Open the boxes. Yeah, just open the boxes. Just open the boxes. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. One of my favorite parts of being on the island, though, was mm. the music. Did you notice the music in this film? Oh, you're taking all of my fun facts. But no, I didn't <laughs> notice this. Go ahead. I this was one of my cool facts, but we can talk about it. But I did not I did not realize this. Was this something you caught on? Yeah. So I I did not catch it the first time, but the second time uh watching it, I noticed the distinct lack of music the entire time we were on the island. Mm -hmm. And it made me I actually rewound at some point to be like, did they just not have music in this? And I was like, oh no. There is a score. There is a mm -hmm. score when he is with all the people. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was such an interesting choice that, like, it doesn't allow you as the watcher at all to escape the scenes. You're, like, you're just as much in it as Chuck is. That's such a good point. I think it also doesn't cue you to understand if something good or bad is going to happen because that's normally how we think about music in film is like, oh, it's tense. That means something dramatic is going to happen or like it's uplifting. That means he's going to be saved. We don't know. And he doesn't know yeah. either. And that's a really interesting point. But no, I didn't – I guess I didn't notice it, but I also didn't not notice it, right? Like he, I didn't think, oh, where's the music in this piece? But <laughs> if you asked me like, oh, was there music while he was on the island? I would have said, uh, I think so. You know, like I just – it just didn't didn't make itself apparent to me so uh it's interesting that's an interesting yeah. choice i i didn't notice it too much like there was a few moments where i was just like i feel like i haven't really heard any music in a while until we got off the island and we were in the water and that like the soundtrack just hit and i was like oh god right in the feels <laughs> right in the Hello. feels <laughs> and that's what it's meant to do i think they knew what they were doing when they chose like those strategies it's an interesting oh, yeah. one I think a lot of films lean on music so much to create emotion, and yet this did literally the opposite. We got an inanimate volleyball and no music, and we still felt <laughs> feelings, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, I feel like this is the exact opposite of what most movies are. Like, we don't have dialogue, we don't have music, but it's still such a well-known and well-loved film. Yeah. Well, and even before you, before I watched the film, you said to me, like, this is a masterclass in acting. And I totally agree with you. He played against no one except yeah. again, an inanimate volleyball with lines, apparently. But you felt things the whole time. You didn't leave the movie. It was, it was tough. Yeah, there's not many people that I would be like, yeah, I will just sit here for an hour and watch you on an island. Like, you don't have yeah. to talk. I'm just going to sit here for an hour and watch. I mean, even like the game of Survivor, they make them do physical challenges and hunt around for stuff. Like they even try to make that more exciting and they use music. So and those are real people. So wow, crazy. Well, that's actually a good segue to my uh, – I have a bonus point that I just want to complain about. But my real final point is that we don't ever go back to like, quote, real life at all during this film. Like – I'm kind of surprised that we don't cut back and forth between Tom Hanks trying to make it on the island and then cut to Kelly uh, trying to organize a search party or feeling like, oh, no, I just feel like he's still alive or any of that searching that gets done that she references at the end of the film or even his funeral or her meeting the new guy. Like, we don't see any of that. It's such an interesting choice to not make the audience jump back and forth between those two parallel but different worlds. Definitely. I actually love that because I feel like that would have felt so much more akin to every other movie that's out there where it's like if someone's out in the woods by themselves or mm -hmm. on the personal journey or whatever it is, like we see the dichotomy of like what's happening in their past and what's happening currently. And it's like the fact that, it was just like, nope, you need to sit here in your uncomfortableness and watch this man struggle to survive. Mm -hmm. And we have no idea what's happening in his real life. We're just as lost as he is. Are people out there watching for them? Have they given up on him? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I truly didn't know how this film was going to end. I don't know how if you remember how you felt watching it. I thought we were going to watch him die on the island. Oh, yeah. 
And then when we got out to sea, I was like, oh my God, we're going to die here. He's yep. like, when the whale came, I was like, because it was a, a mimic from the original. Like when he was first getting to the island, he met the whale. And then on the way out, he met a whale again. And I was just like, yep, we're coming doom. full circle. We're just going to die. Doom. Yep. <laughs> All of a sudden it's going to turn into, is it Jonah that got swallowed by the whale? <laughs> yes. I, yeah. So it's going to turn into that and then, whoa, crossover. But yeah, drowning is like m- one of my biggest fears of how I will die. Like, I just don't want to do it by drowning. And so I was like, please just don't, don't die on this, in this giant ocean and drown and that be the end of it. Or looking for Wilson. I really thought that was going to happen. Whew. Lots of scary, scary moments. Oh, that was, it was not as emotional on my second watch, but like still brought up so many emotions when we yeah. lost him. And he was uh. like, I am jumping off this boat for my volleyball. Yeah, and he couldn't go out and get him. Oh, so painful. And again, thinking things through, though, he had the forethought to go back and grab the rope to hold on to his raft. I would have just swam out and gotten the volleyball and then been screwed because I would have lost sight of my raft. I wouldn't have even thought about it. Yeah, no, I would not have had that level of logic still pumping through me at that point absolutely not nope yeah wait well done tom hanks you deserve to get off that island well done very proud of you did you have speaking of getting off the island yes um i distinctly put the third act out of my memory i (laughs) you forgot it or you reject it i rejected it from when (laughs) i was a child apparently because i'm watching this again like it's the first time i was like i don't remember any of this But, like, what in the heck is any of this? Yeah, I think that was just filler, which they obviously didn't need because the movie, in my opinion, was long enough. I didn't think it needed to be that long. And, yeah, it could have just ended with, like, him reaching towards the boat and then we just assume he saved and, like, yay, and that's it. But we decided to have a whole life after this. That was how I rewrote it in my head. Like, that was was it. Yeah. Um, Because, like, I – Honestly, didn't really mind. I know everybody has different opinions on his reuniting with Kelly. Mm-hmm. I actually liked that breakdown and I felt like really genuine human emotion like between the two of yeah. them. And like I understood her point of view of like, you are the love of my life, but like I married this dude and I have a kid and yeah, but like I love family. him too. Yeah. And then being like, no, screw all of that. I I want to be with you. Mm. Oh, wait, no, I can't do that. Yeah, wait, hold on, hold on. And like life hits you in the face. Like, no, wait, I have responsibility. Yeah, that was hard to watch, but I agree with you. I think that was the right way to do it. My issues with the entire third act land with that like the four weeks later cue card and like not a single person was like, this dude probably has some trauma from being on a shipwreck yes! for four years. Yeah. Where is his therapy session? Where are we seeing him in therapy going through this? And t- even talking through, like, I tried to test my suicide. Like, why? Right. Why? Why? And they put him on an airplane. Thank you. That I saw that and I was like, what what is happening? Where is his PTSD? Why is he not having like he's trauma so on this plane? He's so chill. First of all, he's super chill and at a very healthy weight, which I think is BS. But like, why wh- yeah, this whole thing really didn't make sense to me, especially being on the plane. And that like I know we built his character up to be like, oh, he's a he's an asshole. But like Honestly, he wasn't really that much of an asshole. Like, he did not... I do not agree with his work ethic. And, like, his work self is a dick. Right. But, like, his actual friend self, like, he genuinely cared about his friend's mm-hmm. wife having cancer. And, yeah. like, he had a good relationship with his fiance. Well, didn't Girlfriend, actually become fiance. fiance yeah, whatever but, she was. And, like, the family. But, like, his friend, like, letting him feel bad about missing the wife funeral like he was shipwrecked for four years Yeah, like sorry bud if i had gotten off the i if you had come to get me off the island i would have made it but guess who didn't come to find me you like that's what that was so bonkers to me right and then after four years of isolation he went into a giant crowd of people and was just totally fine that's a great point 
I didn't even think about that. But I was getting so angry during that entire scene. And honestly, like, it's all just some patriarchal bullshit of like, men are always fine and women can't handle shit because we come in to Kelly's new wife or new husband being like, she had it rough. No, but like, you're talking to the wrong person about that. Yeah, like, exactly. You can't, you, this is the only person you can't say that to, unfortunately, buddy. Like, Kelly is allowed to feel sad and like go through feelings because that's a lot to think that the love of your life died and now is back and you're like emotion, emotion, emotion. Fine. But you can't come up and be like, hey, man, I'm sorry that you thought you were going to die for four years and had to make it on an island by yourself. But like, Kelly's going through some stuff. So gotta go. Like, that's not, (laughs) that's not how this works. That is not how this works. Like, no one gave him any kind of grace. And if the argument is that they gave him four weeks before they threw him into all of this, nonsense. No. Nonsense. That is such crap. Well, I will say my last final bonus crazy point to this point, Alina, if I am stranded on a deserted island for four years and I'm suddenly not dead and you're going to throw me a party, don't fucking serve me crab and seafood. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding? Like, and maybe this was a now that I'm getting deeper in this, like, was this a testament to how little people cared about him because he was supposed to be an asshole? Like, they do all these things because they're like, oh, we don't care. You're just an ass. But I agree with you. I don't think he was that big of a jerk. We've seen meaner characters, even from Tom Hanks. So, like, it, it just doesn't track. Do not serve crab to a guy who just got off of an island and had to spear his own crab. Like, oh, my God. Read no, the room. Absolutely the not. Room. I do like his small, short little interaction with the crab, though, where he picks it up and just kind of like tosses it down like, no. Well, and I mean, he has these moments of like, oh, look, a uh, there was a pocket knife on my car keys that I didn't have because I gave them to Kelly right before I left. Or like, oh, look, a lighter that I could just click and flame comes like to me instantly. So those moments yeah. were actually kind of cool. But yeah. The fact that he picks up a crab leg and is like, what the fuck? (laughs) And just drops. (laughs) So angry at all his friends. They suck. They do suck. I think they suck more than he does. I think that's the moral of the story. That's probably something that we missed. Now I need to go rewatch it and track all the times his friends suck versus him. (laughs) And I bet you he'll be a nicer guy. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to go like eat a bunch of shrimp or something. We'll take a break and then come back with some fast facts, even though we already had a little taste. Yeah. There's so many fast facts for this movie, though. I'm so excited. I've been alone on this island for like 10 minutes and I already need somebody to talk to. So here are some announcements. First, I have to thank all of our Academy level and above supporters for their generous and ongoing support of the show. They are Linda, Jarrett, Bree, Paul, Missy, Mick, Hannah, Tom, Donna, Logan, Lindsay, and Ebru. Thank you all so much. If you want a special shout out on every episode of Jackie Watches Stuff, plus access to super cool and exclusive content, head over to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Jackie Watches Stuff, or you could head to our show notes to find a link there. You can get a shout out, early access to episodes, and even an invitation to our monthly live episodes. There's other ways to support Jackie Watches stuff. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Jackie Watches. And of course, tell your friends to listen to the show. And if you haven't already, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps other folks find the show and it just makes me feel better about myself. And if you leave a review, you might get a special shout out here on the show. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, the Jackie Watches Stuff logo would look really good on a sweatshirt? How about a notebook with the classic Jackie Watches Stuff TV icon on it? Well, I am here to make your dreams come true because we have a merch store. Head to merch.jackiewatchesstuff.com or use the link in our show notes to go check out our store. Okay, I think I can make it. I'm going to go try to make a fire, maybe find some coconuts, but you can head back to the show. Well, I am thinner now, but I'm back for my break. 
after four years. You lost all that in that <laughs> I lost time. All my weight. Yeah. I'm very thin and blonde. Those are my that's what I look like now. <laughs> Let's do some fast facts. I know you already had a couple. Did you have any others? I did. Um did you know that this movie actually almost killed Tom Hanks? In real life or in the movie? No, in real life. Um, <gasps> well, that doesn't he... surprise me, actually, now that you say that. But what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so he got a cut. I don't know if it was like while filming or prior to going out to the island. I think it was prior to going out to the island. Um, and then went through filming and was finally like, okay, we, we need to stop filming. I do need to let this uh, get taken care of. And the doctor comes in and he goes, Okay, you have a staph infection, and if, like, you came to me, like, two or three days later, you would have died. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So this movie actually almost killed Tom Hanks. First a staph infection. Fast forward. He gets COVID. Gosh, Tom. Gotta be careful. He just needs to to cheat death one more time, and then he's immortal. Oh. He probably – you know that he's already done it another time. We just don't know about (laughs) it. It's Tom Hanks. Like it is. I'm sure he's done something. Like when he was either filming Philadelphia or like, I was about to say Toy Story because that's the only other Tom Hanks film that popped in my head right now, even though <laughs> I've watched so many of them. Um, but you know, maybe when he was filming Toy Story, he almost died. Yeah. Who knows? Or maybe Forrest he, Gump. I feel like that was he a wanted dangerous... to get. He wanted to get the experience of what it was like to almost go into a furnace <laughs> and just get that experience. Oh, so sad. <laughs> Woody. Oh, man. Um, But I know the box was a big point for you of frustration. Oh, gosh. Um, There was over 100 rewrites of the film with multiple endings. And someone on the internet found one of those original rights. And we almost found out what was in the box. Was it a GPS locator and a raft? (laughs) No, it was uh, two jars of salsa and a letter. Oh, that's lame. <laughs> I mean, that, but he could see that could have been useful because obviously he could have eaten the salsa and then you can use the glass, like either the jars to hold water or you could cut one to make sharp edges and use it to cut rope. Like, Tom, you got to open those boxes. Got to open the boxes. A hundred rewrites though. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. I don't know the average yeah. number of rewrites, but that seems like a lot. Neither do I. I just know. So they spent, I think, like six years getting this uh, ready to film. They spent a lot of time on it. And it was oh, actually wow. Tom Hanks's idea. Yes, I did know that, which is why, again, I don't feel too bad for him that he had to go through all these things. I do feel <laughs> bad that he had a staph infection, though. That's not his fault. But he's a he's a smart dude. Well, I yeah. have a uh, a FedEx fun fact that Ooh. you actually you you kind of nailed it. You mentioned earlier that you felt like FedEx was more of a character, and the uh, managing director for global brand management at the time, her name is Gail Christensen, also felt that way. I have a quote from her. Um, She said, as we stepped back and looked at the film, we thought, it's not product placement. We're a character in this movie. It transcends product placement. Um, And that is kind of why, well, not kind of, it is why uh, the folks at FedEx didn't even care that they were using the FedEx name and the brand and the boxes and, and all those things. And so FedEx didn't pay a dime. Because one, the writers came to them and said, hey, can we use your, basically your uh, IP? But also they said, hey, this is better than being like a product placement. Like we're in this film. Like we are a character in this film. So they were they were thinking like you were. Yeah, they definitely are their own character. It's crazy that they didn't think, oh, we don't want to be the brand associated with a giant plane wreck, but... Apparently it worked out. That kind of shocks me because I feel like it's normally like, yeah, I don't want to be associated with bad press. They were like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. There was a plane crash, though, which is terrible to to giggle at. Um, There was a crash in 2009 where two crew members died. And then in August 2015, a plane crashed into the Caribbean Sea. Um, 
But FedEx was just like, just ignore that. And <laughs> they decided to help with the film anyway. Yeah. I mean, it happened after the film happened, so it's Yeah, fine. It, was, it was years, 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 years later. So they're just like, yeah, just died. What? Just watch the film again. Wilson, look, Wilson. Look, it's a volleyball. <laughs> look over there. Oh, look. <laughs> Speaking of Wilson, did you know that he actually is an award winner? <gasps> the volleyball? The volleyball. He is the only award winner for the Critics' Choice Award for Best Inanimate Object. Oh my gosh. I have less Critics' Choice Awards than a volleyball. Yes, you do. Darn. That's a cool fact, though. Wow. Well, congratulations, Wilson. Like the Wilson. I love it. Good job, bud. I did see that there were three different Wilsons that were created. Uh, and one of them was sold at auction for like $18,000, which is a lot less than I thought it would have been sold for. True. But it was also, I feel like that is on par for 2000s or I just don't have an understanding of money. Either yeah, one. I should have looked it up. I normally have an inflation calculator. I'll have to look that up. I do have uh, an interesting fact about the test run of this film. So oh. it tested super bad with uh, test audiences and really all things considered, it should have been a flop. Uh, one of the things is that girls under the age of 21 hated that Chuck and Kelly don't end up together at the end, which is not surprising as someone who once was a girl under the age of 21. Um, <laughs> but somehow it ended up being the third highest grossing movie that year. So now uh, Robert Zemeckis, the writer, is just like, fuck test audiences because they don't matter. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe that maybe writers shouldn't pay attention to how it tests and just go with their gut. But nobody really liked this film in, in the test run of it. Which is so interesting because I could totally buy that this would have been like one of those cult classics that like flopped on release, but everyone ends up loving it. But like mm -hmm. it did great on release. Yeah, I, I remember it well. I just don't know how I didn't go see it. Maybe I was being too cool or something. But yeah, I remember everybody was talking about this film and then buying it on DVD after. So yeah. who knows? Who knows? One of my favorite facts that I learned about this was that they actually – this director and film crew were just absolutely insane, some of the stuff that they did. But they stopped filming – for a whole year, just so Tom Hanks could lose all of his weight. So they wow. filmed all of the scenes up until, like, we shortly we see him on the island for a little bit. Full on stopped production to just let Tom Hanks lose all that, all that weight. Mm -hmm. And to make it reasonable for the um, company to be like, yes, you can just pause for a year. They just, you know, did another movie. <gasps> what movie? What Lies Beneath. Oh, my God. Yeah. In, so just they in were the like... middle of that year. Wow. I wonder if they shot the, act, as you call it, Act 3 uh, before that year or after that year. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. I but think that's it, crazy. Well, all the scenes with Tom Hanks was obviously afterwards because he was still skinny mm -hmm. um my guess is they probably kept that one the wings package lady she probably did at the same time oh good point that makes sense but i can't believe they just took off a whole year and they were like hmm what to do what to do let's make another movie yep wow another film i haven't seen but i do know about did not know <laughs> that that's crazy wow um, what else I got? I know I have a couple good ones. Um, oh, this is uh, Chuck Noland is Tom Hanks' final uh, Oscar-nominated performance until he becomes Mr. Rogers, which just came out a couple years ago. So I've been going through these films in order of their release, and I've always been saying, like, this is the era of Tom Hanks, and we are now kind of at the end of that era because he – this is his final performance where he's nominated. I don't think he wins, but this is his final nomination uh, in this role. So we've, oh, wow. we've come, we've kind of sunset on the Tom Hanks era, at least for now. Huh, that is a fun fact. 
Um, I just want to go more into this director because the more I read about him, the more crazy he seemed. Um, <laughs> oh gosh. This was a very short scene in the very beginning and you might not remember it, but he goes to meet Kelly at what I assume is a university since she's working on her PhD mm-hmm. and she's in front of a copy machine. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually casted the copy machine. Like he put multiple copy machines through auditions to find the copy machine with the right sound. Wow. So we so we have a volleyball that won an award for being an inanimate object, and then we are holding auditions for a copier. Uh-huh. And his sound guys were like, well, we can just fix it in post. And he's like, no, no, no. I have to pick the right copy machine for this. He picked it because of its kind of musical stylings of copying. And the sound guys tried to like change it up a little bit in post. And he's like, no, it doesn't sound as good as the original. That's why I casted her. Wow. I need to watch like a behind the scenes how they made Castaway just for these types of conversations. I don't even care how it was filmed on the island. Like, we can skip that. More of like, (laughs) give me like, why did we choose this copier? Where is the copier now? Right? I need to know who the agent is that got this copier cast because I could use an agent. And I feel like if they could get a copier a job, they can get me a job. Right? I can make beep boot noises. But like, what happens to the copy machines that weren't cast? Did they just Rejection. move on and get office jobs? Like, <laughs> yeah, they go on like off-off Broadway renditions <laughs> of, of film of movies, or uh, I'm sorry, of shows. Man, that's I a documentary in the this. making. Oh, right. Where I can imagine this being like a Broadway musical version because we love doing that. And the copy machine will actually be a person, so it'll just make its own, like, do 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 Now, is this uh, Castaway the musical, makes. or is this Office Supplies the musical? Because I'm down for both. I just need to clarify your idea. Um, yes. Copyright on both. Okay, great. TM, nobody take it. You heard it here first. TM, TM, TM. I, my final fact, we have been, you, you said it, there are a lot of facts for this film. My final fact is that most of the nighttime scenes on the island, except for when he makes fire, were actually shot during the day and they made it look like night in post, which I guess makes sense because it's obviously much harder to shoot at night and it's a lot easier to make things dark than try to like be able to see in the dark. So a lot of this was just shot during the day, except the fire scene. Right. That would be kind of hard to get the right lighting in the day. Well, my last fact, more on this writer-director and his utter nonsense. Oh, gosh. Um, Him and a few of the other, I don't know if it was writers or crew members or maybe both, lived on an island for like a month to try to learn some of the skills uh, that he was going to do. And I don't know how, like, supervised it is. In my mind, reading all of this about him, I'm like, he probably just was like, yeah, I'm just going to be on this island for a while. Bye, guys. (laughs) It was probably more supervised than that. But, like, dude, you're writing a movie about how this is a bad idea. Yeah, about how you could maybe die. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like I would tell someone, like, hey, I'm going to go out to this island. Can you come and live at the resort? near the island and I will have my emergency phone and just like come check on me every couple days to make sure I didn't die from heat stroke or something. I I guess I just don't feel that confident in my skill set that I could say, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to go do this. I'll be fine. Or like, I feel like that could be an eight hour job of like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to try like some skills and I'm going to go sleep in a real bed. Yeah, but just even just like have somebody checking on you. This is reminding me of that episode of The Office where Michael thinks he can do this and Dwight hides in the bush. Like I need a Dwight yes. hiding in the bush to make sure I don't eat the poison berries. Like, Correct. Because I would eat the poison berries. But I guess that's why some of the scenes felt very real because um, they actually took some of the things that they did on this like test run on the island. Like they had difficulty opening 
coconuts and their difficulties getting fire started. So I'm like, well, I guess that's cool. Yeah. But I think, again, I'm I'm good over here in my house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I actually, I have a last fun fact for you. Oh, I'm so excited. So in the Hollywood tradition of, oh, it made a good movie. Let's make it a TV show. Oh, I thought you were going to say a musical. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is also Hollywood tradition. Yes. Uh, There was a pilot written for this to be a TV series. Um, And it was literally going to be cast away the TV series. Okay. And it never really got a lot of traction, but they gave the original script over to can you guess who it was uh is it gonna be a major network like abc or cbs or fox or or one of those (laughs) yes they gave it to jj abrams so and he wrote lost based on that original script oh so jj abrams was not really the inventor of lost it was more like tom hanks was the inventor of course he was (laughs) of course he was what can't I mean, this man do? Exactly. Man. Wow, what a great yeah. – that's like a great way to end – I mean, I do. we do have one more Tom Hanks film to talk about, but like a great way to like end this season is like, <laughs> what can't he do? He brings you years and years of Lost. That's what oh he can gosh. do. Which is, unsurprisingly, a TV show I have not seen. <laughs> but I do know there's a plane crash and that they're lost, and I think I know some of the spoilers, but – I won't spoil anyone who hasn't somehow hasn't seen Lost. I'm not shading you because I also haven't seen it. But if you haven't seen it and don't know how it ends, I applaud you. There you go. And now you can justifiably cry every time you see Wilson. Yes, it's so sad. But now I feel like I can dress up as Wilson or Tom Hanks with Wilson for Halloween and, and feel like I understand it now. I know how to play the character. There you go. So you have to do like year four Wilson with his head cut open and all the straw sticking out of him. Yes. Yeah. That's much more authentic than just out of the box Wilson. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that we could survive the island together and throw a party with seafood. I guess. Ooh, let's have some more crab legs. (laughs) I'm going to go get more crab legs and some butter and I'll see you later. (laughs) Bye. Thanks so much to my guest this week, Elena McCreary. Elena, you are a better friend than a volleyball. And thanks again to all of our patrons for supporting the show. And don't forget, if you want to support the show and get awesome stuff in return, head to our Patreon page. There's a link in the show notes. You can get cool stuff for as little as $2 a month. I will see you next week for the final episode of this Tom Hanks season when I watch Catch Me If You Can. Thank you.